His leadership changed the world, and his voice echoes again today as brutal conflict hits Europe. Victory! Victory at all costs! Victory in spite of all terror! Victory, however long and and hard the road may be. For without victory, there can be no survival. The leadership lessons from Winston Churchill in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. I had just landed at Heathrow in London. And I had a little bit of time before I was scheduled to catch a train that would take me down to the southern tip of the UK for a meeting with a client the next day that I had to prepare for. And I had been to London before, so I'd done most of the touristy things, whether it be the castles or Parliament or the museums or whatever it might be. But I had never been to the Churchill War Rooms. And I'm so glad on that day that I decided to go. I want to tell you about that experience. I want to play for you the actual audio, a few minutes of the actual audio of Winston Churchill in his first speech to Parliament as World War II was raging. And I think all of this is timely for for one reason mainly, what's happening in Europe. I never thought, did you? I mean, I never thought that we would see conflict like this, like tanks rolling down the streets of urban cities in Europe again and hand-to-hand comp. I mean, like I just, I, or, or a, a a major civilized country invading, sending hundreds, you know, more than 150,000 troops marching into, like, I never thought I would see that again. And yet, obviously that's been playing out over the last, what, four to six weeks in Ukraine as Russia, Putin has invaded. And so it, it takes us back to the days of World War II and some of the leaders from that time. And you can't think about that without thinking about Winston Churchill. And I think there are lessons from Churchill's leadership that apply to all of us, even though we're not trying to we're not trying to save civilization or defeat Nazism. We're just trying to deliver results and make a living and get promoted and advance our career and further our cause and help our organization achieve its purpose and mission. But if we aren't taking time to learn from the, the, you know, the, the most amazing, effective, transformative leaders in history, then, you know, we're probably not doing things that we should be doing. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Welcome in. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives of some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more about who we work with, what we do with our clients, more about our firm at LoneRockConsulting.com. Okay, so the audio from Winston Churchill in just a minute. And then after that audio, I want to give you a few ideas, a few takeaways, I think, from Winston Churchill 
lessons from his leadership that we can apply in all of our organizations, in our leading people. So more on that in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about this experience. So I ended up finding out about the Churchill War Rooms. I didn't even know they existed. But in looking for things to do in London and, you know, thinking, OK, I've been to Buckingham Palace. I've done this. I've done that. Oh, the Churchill War Rooms. Never done that. Let me find out about it. They're located, by the way, kind of between Parliament and Buckingham Palace in in that maze of buildings that uh, a lot of them are government buildings where where the U.K. is is run that, you know, kind of like our Washington, D.C. here in the U.S., and uh, and so there's just kind of this nondescript door that then leads you downstairs. I don't remember. I don't remember if you take a staircase or an escalator. I can't, I can't remember. But you go underground into these tight tunnels that are the actual s- series of rooms connected together by hallways where Churchill and the war cabinet, the leaders of the UK, were running, making decisions, deciding how to combat what Adolf Hitler was doing and beat back the German armies and, and, and eventually win world war two, at least on the European front. And you, you get into these tunnels and you think, Oh my gosh, like this is not, you know, right now you see videos of Putin and he's in these ornate palaces and amazing buildings as he's holding these meetings with his, um, government leaders, which is a whole nother topic. He's not really holding meetings. He's giving them orders and they look like the fear of death is in them as he tells them um, to carry out th- these inhumane acts that he has going on. But um, so you see these ornate structures, you see video of like American leaders and, and uh, British leaders today. They're in parliament, the white house, Congress, these beautiful, wonderful buildings. Well, that's not what Winston Churchill was operating from. He was, you, you see the bed he lived in, you see the room where he ate his meals and you see the, 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 the room with the, the maps, the actual real maps that they used as they were plotting out how to respond in world war II. And you realize, oh my gosh, think about the technology they had available. Think about them working in these cramped quarters that were less than ideal and underground because of the fear of, you know, German warplanes that were bombing London. And you just, you, 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 at least for me, standing there and soaking it all in, I thought, it is unbelievable. It's unreal that Churchill and all those that surrounded him were able to win the war from that environment, to make decisions and then mobilize people that, you know, either by ship or by tank or by walking on the, whatever it was, they went into these these conflicts and defeated, um, thankfully, um, Nazism and uh, and ended up preserving freedom. You just look at that and you, you gain so much respect and appreciation for it. So I'm going to talk about the takeaways from Churchill's leadership in a moment, but first I want to play for you a few clips, well, one clip that's a few minutes long, and it's, you you all, this is audio from 1940. So it's May 13th, 1940, and so the audio is going to be a little bit rough, but you'll, you'll get the message. This is Churchill appearing in front of the House of Commons after being asked by the king to become the prime minister of the UK, and he's talking about the need to um, the need to beat back Nazism and Germany, and I want you as you listen to this to think about vision. Yeah, we we talk a lot in this in this podcast over the years about leaders can define the destination, 
They rally people. They motivate them for a cause. Remember, people work hard for money. They work harder for a good boss, but they work the hardest for a cause. And so I want you to just think about this man who has decided to be a leader, who walks into the House of Commons, a a tense environment where he's got a lot of detractors, and he lays out, as you're about to hear, a vision And just think about the power of being able to describe the destination, the power of being decisive, the power of being able to 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 talk about the cause that your team is engaged in. This is pretty impressive. Here's Winston Churchill. Mr. Speaker, on Friday evening last, I received his majesty's commission to form a new administration. It was the evident wish and will of Parliament and the nation that this should be conceived on the broadest possible basis and that it should include all parties, both those who supported the late government and also the parties of the opposition. I have completed the most important part of this task. A war cabinet has been formed of five members representing with the liberal opposition the unity of the nation. The three party leaders have agreed to serve either in the war cabinet or in high executive office. The three fighting services have been filled. It was necessary that this should be done in one single day on account of the extreme urgency and rigor of events. A number of other key positions were filled yesterday, and I am submitting a further list to His Majesty tonight. I hope to complete the appointment of the principal ministers during tomorrow. The appointment of the other ministers usually takes a little longer, but I trust that when Parliament meets again, this part of my task will be completed, and that the administration will be complete in all respects. Sir, I considered it in the public interest to suggest that the House should be summoned to meet today. Mr. Speaker, I agreed and took the necessary steps in accordance with the powers conferred upon him by the resolution of the House. At the end of the proceedings today, the adjournment of the House will be proposed until Tuesday, the 21st of May, with, of course, provision for earlier meeting if need be. The business to be considered during that week will be notified to members at the earliest opportunity. I now invite the House, by the resolution which stands in my name, to record its approval of the steps taken and to declare its confidence in the new government. Sir, to form an administration of this scale and complexity is a serious undertaking in itself. But it must be remembered that we are in the preliminary stage of one of the greatest battles in history, that we are in action at many points in Norway and in Holland, that we have to be prepared in the Mediterranean, that the air battle is continuous, and that many preparations have to be made here at home. In this crisis, I hope I may be pardoned if I do not address the House at any length today. I hope that any of my friends and colleagues or former colleagues who are affected by the political reconstruction 
will make all allowances for any lack of ceremony with which it has been necessary to act. I would say to the House, as I said to those who have joined the government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. You ask what is our policy? I will say it is to wage war by sea, land and air with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. To wage war against a monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalogue of human crime. That is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory there is no survival. Let that be realized. No survival for the British Empire. No survival for all that the British Empire stood for. No survival for the urge and impulse of the ages that mankind will move forward towards its goal. But I take up my task with buoyancy and hope. I feel sure that our cause will not be suffered to fail among men. At this time, I feel entitled to claim the aidable. And I say, come then, let us go forward together with our united strength. It's only like four minutes long, and yet I think it's an unbelievably powerful speech. And let me tell you a, a few reasons. I don't know what you got out of it. Hopefully you could understand most of what he was saying. There are a few words here and there that are tough to make out. But what I heard was, Look, the king asked me to put together a government, and I've done it in one day. Urgency. So I'm just going to go through, in no particular order, lessons that I think we as leaders can take from this speech and from this moment of Churchill leading. So urgency. He 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 describes in the first two or three minutes of that, the first two minutes. Here's who I put together. I took I took people from this area and that area and these these. Uh, these uh, differing perspectives in different parties. And, and it causes me to think about the diversity of our teams that we assemble. And then I did it right away. And look, I'm, I've got a few slots that I still need to fill and give me a day or two to do that. But I wanted to come and speak to you now and lay out my vision. And you're asking me, he says, you ask me two, he, he, he says there are two questions that the group has for him, your, your policy and your aim. He said, you ask me, what is my, my policy? My policy is we're going to battle in the air, on the ground. We're going to battle. I mean, he, he describes all of that. And then he says, you ask me what our aim is. Well, I can give you our aim in one word. And I, I just, you all, I think about how much we work with leaders to define the destination. And so often we define it in 150 metrics we put together these 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 incredibly complex PowerPoint decks. No, just get I mean, here's Churchill in World War II. Think about all that he had to accomplish. And he says, OK, you want to know my uh, my aim? I'll give it to you in one word. Victory and victory at all cost and victory. And he describes and then he talks about, well, why is victory important? 
and and he spends 20 seconds 30 seconds and says the future of the of england depends on it the future of the free world basically he says depends on it we have to be victorious in it and then what does he do after he he in 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 the most broadest terms defines victory he talks about himself i'm motivated i got buoyancy he says i'm i've got total confidence we can do this he speaks to his personal commitment to the vision to the cause and then what does he do he closes by inviting asking everyone else to be involved He's seeking ownership, accountability, joint accountability of the vision that he's just laid out. And again, I know you all, we're not waging a war against um, Nazism. I know we're not trying to protect the free world. We're, we're working on obviously a much smaller scale, but we can learn. We can learn lessons from some of the greatest leaders throughout civilization, throughout history. And arguably, Winston Churchill is certainly, in my view, one of them. And in that moment, I, just, I went back because of the events of what, what's happening in the world today. And I was thinking about the Churchill war rooms going through them and how much that impressed me. And, um, and, and, then, I, and then that caused me, you know, I ought, to go back, I ought to go back and listen to some of those speeches that Churchill delivered. So I've been doing that in recent days. And this clip stood out to me. I thought, you know, I'm going to share that with you, with my, with my audience in the podcast. And so I hope that I hope that you got some value out of that. I hope that you're defining the destination, that you can do it in 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 just very simple term, terms. I hope it's tied to your mission and your purpose and your cause. And I hope that you're speaking to that as a leader. And I hope that you're letting your your team your, know your personal commitment to it. And I certainly hope that you're recruiting them to not just do a job, to not just carry out what they're trying to do today, but to to join you in accomplishing whatever it is that you're trying to do in the world. And if you can't think of any real decent cause that's associated with what you're doing for a living, then you might want to re-examine the industry you're in and what you're doing and the why behind um, what you do on a daily basis and what you're asking your team to do. Motivate them. That's your job as a leader. Motivate your people and to, uh, and to lay out the vision for them. So, um, man, I, I love history and I loved going back and listening to that Churchill speech. Okay. That's it for this episode. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're doing well. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the culture hacks podcast with Russ Hill.